Jackie. Let's chat. Yep, you're live. Hey, welcome. Welcome. Let's go live with Jack Kelly. And we're going to talk about the future of work. Um, today, bear with me. We might be a little bit more reserved for the obvious reasons. I mean, this is just, we're all probably experiencing now. It's just such a, I could just speak for myself. It's a really surreal, bizarre feeling when you're watching, you know, Russia come in and you know, declare war and attack Ukraine. It's bizarre how you're watching this and, and your heart goes out to the Ukrainians. What I can't even imagine or fathom what they're thinking of and what's going on. So um, as you can imagine, bear with us. If, if you see we're a little bit more somber than usual and um, a little bit more serious, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not gonna front. It's, it's one of those things where it's hard to shake off. It's because you wonder about, hey, what are the ramifications? You know, will, will Americans be drawn into it? Other countries being drawn into to the conflict? Uh, what does it mean for those people who have to go and fight? What, is, what does it mean for the job market? Can that be affected? The stock market we see took a hit. Um, will the economy take a hit? Will supply chains be disruptive? And that's not what we're talking about for this segment. It's just, uh, what a, you know, I'm sure you're all thinking about this too. These are real issues that we have to go over. This is what I like about doing these LinkedIn Lives is that we could talk about real stuff openly, honestly, even though they're, 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 it's not sometimes fun to bring it up, but these are real life things that we have to consider. But how about on a more positive note, what, what I want to talk, what we want to talk about today is this. There's a war for talent, a great resignation trend going on. Companies are saying, hey, we can't find people. We can't find enough people to work for us. We just, I don't know. We can't find people. Do you like my imitation of like a CEO of a company saying that? I got to work on my uh -huh. imitations. Okay. So, so these companies are complaining, we can't find people. We can't hire people. But on the other side, job seekers say, hey, we very much would like a job, thank you. We'd like a really cool job. The only thing is, we just want to be treated fairly. We want to get paid well. We want, we want to have benefits. We want to have a work-life balance. So I think there's a big disconnect that's going on here. You have the companies that even after two years of pandemic and even pre-pandemic, they have these cookie-cutter ways of doing things. As a recruiter, I'll give you some like insights. You'll have a job order and it'll be like, you're a, you're a level three, A4. And then, but if you do this, you'll be level A36. And it's so like regimented. And these companies can't get that out of their mind. They're in this kind of silo of, hey, we've always done it this way and it works. So we're going to keep doing it, Jack. Don't give us any dopey ideas. We're going to just keep doing what works. And, and so instead of having an open mind and saying, wait, 4 million Americans on a monthly basis are quitting. And then what's probably even worse is that you have millions of Americans working who have mentally checked out. They're disengaged. They really don't care anymore because they don't feel they're being treated well. So it's almost like you have a Trojan horse of people in there who are gonna wreck your company because they just gave up, they don't care, but they want a paycheck. So my suggestion is this, rather than relying on, we've always done it this way, to start thinking of, hey, let's rip up the playbook and let's look at different ways that we could attract top talent, 
we could recruit them, bring them aboard and retain them. Now, one of these ideas that I wrote about yesterday for Forbes is that perhaps they should offer a four or five hour workday. Now, I know that sounds heresy. And I know, you know, uh, in the comments, and I'll get texts saying, what are you, a communist, Jack? What, what did you join Putin, you communist? Well, no, it's not communist. It's capitalism. Capitalism means you, you, know, you want to get the best you know, you want to succeed in your business. And to succeed in your business, you have to be creative and innovative. And if you're doing something that doesn't work, you don't keep doing it. Is that kind of what Einstein said? If you, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing again and again, that doesn't work and you keep doing it. So if it's not working, you'd have to try something new. And think about it, eight hours, which is just arbitrary. I think it might've been Henry Ford who came up with it. And it was because you were, everyone was on these assembly lines. But eight hours in today's day and age in an office, in one of these big skyscrapers that you have to commute an hour, an hour and a half to an hour and a half coming back. You have those hermetically sealed windows so you can't even get fresh air. You have those fluorescent lights, you're in a cubicle. Eight hours of that. That seems almost like, if you think about it, now that we've all been doing it remotely, it sounds like torture. It sounds like cruel and unusual punishment. So that, Imagine this, Mike Christine, what do you think? I mean, am I, am I too out there? But if it's four or five hour days, let's, let's think, think back when you were in the office years ago, how things were. You know, somebody comes in, they come in at the crack of 9.15, then they do a coffee run, then they kibitz with their, their, their coworkers, then by 10, 30, 11, they're talking about lunch, then they go out for lunch, then they talk about how their lunch was, and there's so much wasted time. So imagine if it's done differently. It's a collective agreement between the company and the individual saying, you know what? I will forsake all that web surfing I'm doing, all the online shopping I'm doing, all the kind of extraneous nonsense that I kind of do, and just focus. And if you allow me to focus you know, for four or five hours a day, and if I'm able to get my work done, and if I'm, I'm exceeding expectations, and my product, my productivity and output is, is far above, you know, the average, and why then would you make me stay another three day, three hours a day? It doesn't seem reasonable. So if you could kind of really be hyper-focused, get your work done, get it done really well, then you should be able to say, okay, now I can go home, and let's say, as we go back to the office, rather than getting stuck in traffic during the peak you know, travel time, you beat out the traffic and leave early. Now, Mike, Chris, what do you think? Is that, is, that, is that outlandish or is that kind of sort of reasonable? I think you're on the mark. I think it's no longer a one size fits all. People crave like that flexibility. And I actually think that the five hour workday is a great alternative to the four day work week. It seems more feasible and you're not losing an entire business day, which I think would be attractive to both companies and employees. And again, it's, it's not about the time that you put in, but rather the quality of the end product. So that's interesting. So I think, hmm, I think I probably would opt for that too, rather than the whole extra day off, maybe have just, you know, five shorter days so that you're not burnt out because even if you have a three-day weekend you're kind of burnt out by the you know by the weekend so with maybe just four or five hour days you kind of have enough time to have hobbies to get refreshed to do different things 
Mike, what do you think? I, I tend to agree. I, I agree with both of you. Um, and it's interesting, as, as you were doing the intro, uh, it brought me back to one of my, my first jobs out of college where uh, I worked in the commodity markets. And the first um, commodities, it was uh, coffee, sugar, and cocoa. And their open hours for trading were four hours, were from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, most of the other markets on this big trading floor were you know, opened earlier, some had longer hours. But what I'm getting at is this. I think if, if you, you know, go in and it becomes the norm and you have that mindset, uh, believe me, everybody was there you know, 9.30 beforehand. Nobody's late. You're getting all the work done, just as you said, kind of hyper-focused, um, you know, the, the uh, uh, pleasantries, you know, the water cooler chat, everything else is you know, out, out the window, not even a thought. And it worked fine. You know, everything was done. And um, I think you know, once, uh, if this does catch on, uh, you're going to find um, that you know all that is required and the productivity will be will be there and get done. Yes, I agree. Now, Mike, when you were doing that, that's like you had those the global pits, right? Where you would stand up for those four hours, right? And you're like waving the tickets, old school, oh. like, "Hey, I buy, sell." Is that what you were oh, doing? Oh, absolutely, open outcry. You know, bid bid trading like an auction market. And um, uh, yeah, I don't think there was a. Uh, some of the booths had like these little swing out chairs, you know, like as I would come out. But certainly, nobody was sitting. Um, you know, arms are flailing. You lose your voice after the first hours in a busy market, you know, because you're yelling and screaming. Did you but, did you notice that the time flew by because you were just like actively engaged for those four plus hours? Absolutely. Um, listen, there there were very extreme, and sometimes in a quiet market, or you know, certain times of the year, there were lulls where uh, time can drag on, you know, endlessly. But um, absolutely, you know, in a busy market or just, you know, on the average of the trading, sure, before you know it, um, you know, the day's over, you've got to do the checkouts, the cleanups, things like that. Um, people did still eat lunch, but it was either done, you know, very much, you know, on your person, you know, do something or you wait until uh, the market's closed. So, you know, you don't have that as you were talking about the time for lunch or an hour or two, what should we get, et cetera. And traders now. It's like 9.30 to 4. So they still do have those abbreviated hours. And in a way, it's a stressful job. You know, you're buying, selling, especially at a time like this where the market is so volatile. So you're completely locked in, you know, for those four or five hours. And then that's, you know, that's it. Now, traders probably say, hey, of course, they do a lot of other work when they get home and so forth. But it's really just that hyper-focus, get it done, do your job, and, and then you're out of there. So it's not like that doesn't happen in other places, you know, in other, you know, that's not already going on. Exactly. Exactly. Lauren had a comment. She said cyber loafing has been proven to be a normal and healthy way to relieve cognitive load. So whether it is done in an office or at home, it's still going to happen. Employers need to stop pretending anyone in any environment works every minute of the day. What? I've never heard that term before, but I love it. Cyber loafing. Yeah. That sounds awesome. So what exactly is cyber loafing? I, I mean, it sounds like, I guess what it is, but what? Yeah, what I guess perusing the internet, like how you said, like online <laughs> shopping and. Because <laughs> see, see, that's what I'm talking about because it's so true. I mean, think about it. How many people it's by four o'clock and by four o'clock you're cyber loafing. Come on, you know, we all do it. You know, you're all just scrolling through. Now it's TikTok, but like there's always some your go-to site that you're scrolling through, you're doing some online shopping, uh, looking for some music to play. And so why, why go through that game and charade? <laughs> you know what I mean, just let's dispense with it. And let's all kind of acknowledge we're cyber loafing. So, all right. And 
I, I imagine with a four or five hour, you still get cyber loaf a little bit, but maybe not so much because you'd rather get the heck out of there. Or if you work, work remote, you could kind of just disconnect and say, okay, I'm done with my hours. You can't keep, you can't nudge me anymore. My time is up like they have in like Portugal and, uh, and Belgium. All right, you can't get a hold of me. I took my four hours, five hours, I'm done. Leave me alone unless it's like super duper urgent. I have a feeling cyber loafing is going to creep its way into one of your articles. <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll give Lauren credit for it. I'll give her, like, you know, hey, as said by uh, Lauren, because uh, yeah, I like that term. That's so, it's so, it's so cool. Let me, let me. How about some other things, right? You know, you mentioned the four hour. I mean, the four day work week. I mean, you said you would rather not have the four day and have four five hour. What, what do you think about a four day work week? Because that's another. Thing that companies are trying to do to attract talent and be competitive. I just wonder how feasible it will be within the U.S. I think we are behind and we're not as progressive as European countries. Yeah. Um, and it, it it's been a five day work week since like 1940, and nothing's changed. So, yeah, I, I do I do think the five hour uh, workday is is a great alternative to that and. It's, I think employ, employers would feel better giving that over um, that way that they're not losing a day of business. I'm sorry, I was just going to say that that's really interesting. For, for some reason, I actually disagree. I would say that there's more chance of a four-day work week, whether it's eight hours, 10 hours, um, slowly catching on and occurring than you know, five days, four hours, five hours a day. Not sure why I feel that way, but I, I do, you know, just being honest. But that's, you know, but that's great. This is why the, the, these things are great, because we kind of kick around ideas to find, you know, what works, what doesn't, kind of test those ideas, you know, get critiques of them, sharpens it up. Um, I can't recall who we spoke to on one of the podcasts, one of our guests. Um, I think I want to say is maybe Oren Glass uh, from Growth Space, where he, he kept talking about A-B testing and which makes sense because why couldn't companies do this? So they don't have to jump in all in and say, okay, we're doing a four, you know, four day, you know, work week, let's just all do it. Or we're going to do five hour days. Let's just all do it. You could do AB testing. What I mean by that, as I understand it is, okay, let's take, let's say you have a big company, right? You have, uh, you know, Apple, maybe you take one group and give them a five hour work day. And then the other group next to them, they do the regular. And then you just say, and then, and then you judge, you know, how's the performance? Does one do better than the other? Are they both the same? How do they feel? What is their emotional well-being? What is their mental health? How what's their level of burnout? And then you could kind of draw conclusions and say it works or it doesn't work. Or maybe you could find by giving surveys to them, you could find out what, what aspects do work, what aspects don't work. And maybe you could kind of modify. And then you could throw in maybe an ABC. Then you could try you know, a, a four day work week on top of that. So then you can see how those people react. Maybe they find themselves too stressed out when they miss that extra day, they feel conscientious and they're actually working at home. You know, that, that day they're supposed to be off because they're scared that they can't catch up or they're gonna fall behind or they'll lose your job because they're not being productive. But we could test it. These, are, you know, these big companies, they do it all the time. Think about it. If you rolled out a product, you just don't put out the product. Here you go, everyone buy it. You get a test market, right? You get a focus group, you try it out, you compare it to other similar products, right? Doesn't that sound kind of reasonable that I can't understand why companies don't even try this? 
Yeah, companies, I guess we'll call that like the, the pilot program. Like oh, usually yeah. they pilot it. I know a lot of the countries that are implementing yeah. the four-day work week are it's first a, a pilot program. And then whether that's successful or not, then they'll fully Im- implement it. Now, what do you think about this one? This might even be the better of the, some of the options too, is that if you offer flexible, staggered hours, so instead of, you know, you have to be there, you know, either at your home, nine o'clock sharp, you know, clocking out by five or whatever it might be, why does it have to be that way? So let's say it's a full day. And let's say you're a working parent and you have young children that you have to bring to school, get back from school, school ends at three, you have to kind of have, if you can't find affordable childcare, you know, you're in a bad spot. So why couldn't companies tailor the workday to fit around the lives of the individuals? And if they do that, I would contend that's probably one of the best benefits because then a person could say, hey, company, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I was so stressed out because think about here in New York and New Jersey during the pandemic, schools opened, they closed, they opened, they closed, they went online, they went back in person. It was so hard to find affordable childcare, if you could even find any childcare. A record number of women pulled themselves out of the job market because of that, because it was just too difficult to juggle everything. And let's be frank, more often than not, you know, working moms take more of, you know, shoulder that burden. And unfairly, then they opt out of the market and then it's tough to get back in. So if you could go to somebody and say, hey, that's okay, you could start your day at 1030 and then you know, bring home your child and whatever else, let's work it out. Mike, Chris, what do you think? Is that, again, is that unreasonable? Is that sound logical? I know you wrote about a study yesterday where they said with that flexibility, employees are 2.6 times more likely to report being happy and 2.1 times more likely to recommend working at the company. And I think that word of mouth is very valuable to a company, especially during a labor shortage. Um, and then in t- today you wrote about like a gem survey, where they said nearly 30% of enterprise talent leaders say a weak employer brand is currently impacting their ability. So I think by implementing these programs, I think it would be great for just like employer branding and for recruiting. You know, you're so right. Cause that's a term I keep he- hearing pop up with a lot of the people that I've been interviewing and a lot of the guests on, on our, our you know, show is that employee branding. So, you know, when you usually think of the branding, it's the product, you know, it's not Coca-Cola itself, but Coca-Cola, the product, you know, the brand of the product. Mm-hmm. But what, what people are finding out, it's kind of, you have to brand the whole recruiting, onboarding, talent acquisition part of it. So then people say, wow, I like what they're, oh, these benefits they're offering are great. You know, they're, they're, they're very, you know, you'll probably make these lists. We see these lists pop up all the time, you know, best places for working mothers to work at and things of that nature. And that goes a long way too. So that could attr- is a great recruiting tool. It's a great, great way to stem attrition. And as Christina, as you pointed out, it's the best public relations ever because you're like, what a great company. How nice are them? You know, they're so empathetic. So it's almost like a win-win for everybody. But yet some companies do have it, but it's just so rare. 
Yeah, and people are really craving that autonomy. And I think that's why so many people gravitate towards the gig economy or even just entrepreneurship. They're starting their own businesses because they don't want to work for a boss anymore. They want to make their own rules. It's it's like Zen business, right? Like we just uh, I just wrote about the they went from you know a certain amount of new businesses. Their whole their whole business is helping startup businesses to a quarter of a million new businesses in the last year or so that they kind of did the LLCs for doing all the taxes and all the kind of paperwork. And yeah, it's a boom. It's a boom in that. It's been a boom in trading like cryptocurrencies and stocks and NFTs. How could you do? You see a lot of people. And this is what's so interesting, Chris and Mike, I noticed this, that it's easy to kind of paint with a broad stroke Gen Zs or millennials and saying, you know, they're lazy. Look at these folks on Reddit, the anti-work group. They don't want to work, but they get it wrong. They do. They just want to be treated fairly with respect and dignity, and they want meaningful jobs and purposeful jobs, and they want to be get paid well, not have bullying bosses who are bullies. So yeah, it's like, these are just, I think, reasonable requests. I, I agree. I think absolutely, you know, and, and it, uh, a lot of this sort of um, um, reminds me of the, the old expression, you know, listen, if you, if you like what you're doing and passionate and, and like your work, love your work, you're really not working for a living, you know, and, and you're, you're just, you, it's the luckiest thing, the, the best thing in the world to have, because um, you're going to, you know, make out great productivity and, and produce a great product and things of that nature. And all of these things you're talking about, you and Christine, about you know, uh, you know, empathy, uh, being conscious from mental health, you know, compensation, flexibility, staggered hours. At least, I think the companies are slowly starting to at least listen, having an open ear rather than you know, well, we always did it this way and that way. I hope I uh, <laughs> did justice. To I like that impression. That. Okay, but um, yeah, you know, it's it it it, it just everything clicks, and it's a, it's sort of like instead of the perfect storm, it's the perfect perfect, you know, bright, sunny day. Now, how about this too, Christine, when you're talking about employee branding, mm -hmm. what about same thing with mental health and emotional well-being and burnout? That's another way. Like when Mike and I started working, um, no one cared about your mental health or emotional well-being or I, honestly, it wasn't a thing. Like growing up, I've never heard those expressions. It's, it was like alien when I started hearing people talk about it. Seriously, I have no idea. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, no one really cared. And now with the pandemic, because it was so you know dreadful and so awful, and not only from a health risk, but a mental health risk, is maybe that's another way companies could get people by being open and saying, hey, we understand and, and we'll listen to you and we'll make sure that you feel comfortable, you feel safe, mentally safe, emotionally safe. Um, do you think that's another way that companies could kind of reach out that to say, hey, if you work here, you're not gonna, we're not gonna put in spyware on your computer. You know, we're not gonna log every keystroke. And that happens to companies. We're not gonna make unreasonable demands. And we're gonna kind of just reach out to see how are you doing? to make sure that you're not burning out. Is that another thing? Especially on a day like today, we've within the past like three years, we've lived through now two historic events with the pandemic and now the um, Russia and Ukraine. So I think it's important to check in with people as far as how they are mentally 
And that same study had said when people feel cared for at work, they're 3.0 times more likely to be happy and 3.7 times more likely to, to recommend uh, their company as a place of work. I think when workers are more engaged, uh, they're more productive. So why wouldn't you want to take care of your workers' mental health? Because in the end, it'll benefit you in, this, in a selfish way. I wonder how many companies would say to their people now, hey, you might not be Russian, you may not be Ukrainian, you may have no connection to anything in Europe, but as a human being, this could be problematic and troubling. And let, let's talk about it if you want to talk about it, you know, or if you just need some time to just chill, because I, I'll be upfront, I'll be honest, I'm not going to pretend. Usually I'm, I'm pretty thick skin about stuff, things don't bother me, but for some reason, this really kind of I was, it was so hard for me to focus and, and concentrate. I saw it on Twitter, uh, you know, Hannah Morgan posted something about how being distracted and, and how concerned she was and, and like it hit. Yeah. Like I just, I was like going to fog because you know, your mind races thinking not only what happens to Ukraine, but what, what, what are the spillover effects and what could happen and how bad can things get? And as like you mentioned, Christine, after going through two years of pandemic and seeing people get sick and die, you're like, oh my God, now we got this to deal with and worry about too. So I wonder how many companies out there are, are talking to their people to just gauge their temperature. Do you think that's going on guys? I would hope it is. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. I think we need to just clear the mental the, the mental clutter you know we want empathetic leaders and then you know if you're empathetic you feel things so even though we're not directly affected by russia and ukraine right now we can't help but, but feel for them of course uh, absolutely human nature i mean it's just uh it's awful and and there's that fear of uncertainty and you know what what's the end game here uh and certainly if uh I think if anyone thinks though, you know, oh, it's it's over there, it's you know halfway around the world, whatever, it's not going to affect me. Um, uh, I think everybody's going to be affected uh, much much sooner than a lot of people think, perhaps whether it's you know financially, uh, their business that they're in, etc. And yeah, everything kind of you know gets uh, uh, you know restricted and sort of uh, you know stops for the moment. Um, so sure, it's human nature. To Mike, to piggyback on that even though I hate using jargon and I just did. So piggybacking <laughs> on that point is that for the people watching now and who watch it after, because we go link, you know, we do this live and then we'll edit it, clean it up, repost on social media. So whoever's watching it now and then watch it, you know, once, uh, you know, once uh, we repost, be prepared because now for a while we, you know, 2020 was really rotten, 2021, a little better. You know, going latter part of 2021 to 20, you know, till now, the job market is really doing well, doing well, doing well. If you invested in the stock market, is doing really well. If you're buying NFTs, cryptocurrencies, you're doing well. If you bought real estate, doing well. And this kind of almost, it's almost like now you have a box and it's just, you know, the box is all shaken up and you don't know what's going to happen. So just in case, if you're looking for a job right now, and you don't get called for an interview, if you're ghosted, if you, you don't hear feedback, keep in mind, now that does happen all the time anyway, but keep in mind, if that's happening now, what I'll give you the inside scoop, what happens, what's really happening is this, companies are spooked, they're freaked out, they don't know what to do. 
because they're human beings. They don't have a crystal ball. They don't know how this is going to play out. So what they usually do, and I've seen this during the dot-com boom and bust after 9-11, the financial crisis, Y2K, you know, all these different hiccups that happened and really bad stuff that happened, uh, financial crisis. So what happened? So they don't want to come right out and say, you don't want to hear executives say, <clears throat> uh, I'd like to make an announcement to everybody. I'm scared and I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to hide. So they don't do that. But what they do is just nothing. <laughs> so if you're interviewing and you don't hear back, I would suggest maybe one thing is this management is a company isn't sure what to do and they don't know what to say and they're scared to say something. So they just don't do anything. And then it bottlenecks. So don't get frustrated or upset or think, oh, it's me that's, you know, I did something wrong. I could foresee if, if what's happening now continues, it's going to be a little bit of a bumpy road. So be prepared, you know, for that happening. And then I would say that for anything else within your career, because I, with this uncertainty, things kind of stop, you know, for the last six, nine months, it was kind of this really sweet spot where think anything was possible. You had all these companies going public, all these SPACs, all these IPOs, all these new business, everything looked great. I wonder now is that it's all of a sudden everybody's going to be like, well, let's wait and see. So if that happens to manage expectations, don't take it personally. Don't think it's you. Just think back. Yeah, I remember Jack saying something about that, that that's, it's because the executives don't want to be on record saying, hey, I'm afraid I don't know what to do. So they don't say anything, which I'm not saying is right to do. And that's why you can have this kind of weird vibe for the next, I don't know how long. Do you think it'll, of, it'll shift from a candidate's job market? Maybe some job seekers will lose, lose that leveraging and bargaining power for like all these things that we're discussing right now. It, it, you know, it depends on this. If let's say, and I hope this isn't the case. Let's take a, because I'm always a big believer. It's like not black and white, you know, it's like really playing the odds when you kind of try to figure these things out. And if it's prolonged, so let's say it's a really ugly, you know, battle in Ukraine. And every day we watch on the news, you know, fighter pilots dropping bombs and just, you know, people shooting at each other and chaos and mayhem, and it just goes on and on. Then I think, yeah, I think the wheels of, of, of the job market of everything will kind of slow down tremendously because people are just not sure what to do. Supply chains will be disrupted. Um, and so it, it could be a very, it could be a slowdown. I don't want to think of worst case scenario if like all of a sudden, you know, NATO is dragged in and all these countries are dragged in and there's a huge, I don't even know what go there right now and, and even try to even think about that. So, uh, so I could see, let's say it's not horrible, terrible, but it's not great that, well, yeah, we'll probably look at at least several weeks of just ugliness for a while and having a pit in our stomach for a while and uncertainty for a while. And then hopefully, God willing, somehow, some way, we're able to kind of make the best of it. And, and, and I would say get back to normal, but I don't think we could ever have get back to normal. I think we're, we're in this thing where it's just one after another, after new students. You, know, you notice this, like once you see... It's like we're, we're in this kind of simulation. Once like COVID seemed to be over, we got Delta. Once Delta is over, we got Omicron. Once Omicron is over, now we have potentially World War III. And then it's just designed to like one after another to keep, keep us challenged. Yes, I agree. It's almost as if 
this, what we're going through over the last few years, uh, this is normal. Get used to it. Uh, learn to adaptability, you know, le learn to adapt. And, and lastly, I'll just leave one, one more thought is it's kind of like, uh, I think I, I'm not giving anyone market advice here or investing advice, but, you know, you don't want to sell into the panic, overreact initially, just kind of, you know, sit tight and, um, uh, there will be, you know, the, I mean, the, hopefully the world will continue and move on the right way. Uh, you know, there's always uh, uh, anything is possible, but yeah, just, um, you know, act smart and adapt. Great. And, and I'll just add one more. I'm sorry, Mike, because like I just got some messages saying like, duh, Jack. Yeah. The, the other big thing too is the compensation is that companies can't play any games. There's going to be a new law here in New York. And I think there's one in Colorado and I, I, I may have heard maybe California, but I'm not sure where job descriptions, you have to put down the salary. So also, I think for companies not to play games, because it's gonna be very easy for them to say, okay, we're gonna follow the law, I have to put down the range. So the job is gonna pay anywhere from 50,000 to 250,000. That's not terribly helpful. And they're not gonna include bonuses or stock options or benefits or other things. So I think another thing that companies to be smart and empathetic and caring and compassionate is to be very open about the compensation. And then if they really feel, I can't find people, how come I can't find people? Well, pay well, <laughs> find out what the norm to pay somebody in that particular job in that particular sector and pay more, and then you'll get the best talent. That, that's that's uh, I got a bunch of people yelling at me. That's I don't know if you have my phone kind of blinging. So I was saying, duh, Jackie, this is the most important one. So yeah, I'm sorry. That so just you you want to find out, not just pay fairly. If you're really saying as a company, we can't find the best people as a business, we can't find the best people. And and I'm not talking about a mom and pop pizza place that's just making eking out a living enough for the family who's running it. I'm talking about big global companies that are profitable. And have a lot of money, they just just overpay, and you'll get the best talent, and then you can stop complaining that you can't find people. So I hope, Chris, Mike, what else? Anything else? Where that's enough for today to kind of give some, you know, some ideas, you know, for for so for different leaders who are watching this now. Hopefully, it gives you food for thought, and please don't kind of dismiss it because. What do you know? We've always done it this way and it worked. Well, it's not working. It's not working. People keep quitting all the time. And the people who aren't quitting, trust me, they're sending me my, you know, to me and other recruiters, their resumes and trying to get out of there. And if they're doing that, they're not too happy and productive. So maybe it's time. Maybe it's time that you start kind of looking deeply and say, hey, what, what used to work pre-COVID doesn't work anymore. We have to give remote work, hybrid work, digital nomadism. If someone wants to move, you'll still pay them the same if they're in a lower cost you know, place. With staggered hours, five hour work days, four day work weeks. These are all things that can be tested out. So hopefully, hopefully somewhere out there, there's an enlightened executive who's taking notes. And then one day they're gonna come and say, Jack, I wanna be on the show with you guys. So I could say about, we put this into place and here's all the cool things that's happening from it. So that, that's, that's the goal. I think that would be terrific that happens. So uh, Christine, Mike, any, any last minute, any, any last minute advice or thoughts? I just want to say like for companies where money is an issue, there are great like non-monetary perks and benefits that 
can be offering like the five hour workday or flexible, just things like that, I think make a difference. And I do feel encouraged. There, there was a poll that came out this week that said like 51% of workers reported that their employers have added like uh, or increased existing benefits just over the last six months. So that's, that's a, that leaves me hopeful. Absolutely. Well, great. So Mike, any, any last? No, any last I, I think, no, I, I think um, uh, everything that we talked about is, is good advice. And uh, I think for the most part, people are following through. Now we just got to get the companies to keep their ears open and keep listening. Cause as you said, Jack, obviously uh, the status quo is not working uh, and uh, you know, something's got to give and, and change hopefully for the better for everyone. That's great. Well, thank you everybody for watching. And thank you for the cyber loafing. I love that. Anyone else who have, if you have any other, you know, interesting quotes, ideas, thoughts, feel free to share. I'll give you credit, put it in an article, give a shout out to you because I'm always looking for ideas and thoughts because I'm, I'm not too bright myself. So I have to depend on other smart people who have some really great ideas and uh, great themes. Uh, but thank you for watching. I hope it's helpful. I hope it opens up you know, some ideas where maybe you could go to your boss and your manager and your company and say, hey, wait a minute, can we try this? And it kind of get a movement started to make it better to empower workers more. So thank you very much for watching. And we got some good guests for tomorrow. You're gonna love these guys. I'll give a little teaser. Uh, well, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna say, you gotta put this on Christy. What time do we have for tomorrow for those folks? Let me check. It might be around 12. All right, about 12. Just oh, block out the time. 11. Of, 11 o'clock. Yeah. We're going to have some really fun guests, really great guys who I'm sure you're going to be really love to see and hear what they're doing. They're making a big difference in the world and in their community. So thanks for watching and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.